Is this real life? Hey there, citizens of the world. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where our mission is to inspire, connect, and empower the world to learn English the fun, natural, and real life way. We believe that English should not be a dry and boring school subject, but an inspiring and enriching lifestyle that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. In this podcast, you will have lots of fun, learn plenty of new expressions, and drastically improve your listening comprehension. We'll also teach you the secrets of native pronunciation and connected speech and help you tune in your listening and speaking to the rhythm and flow of English. So sit back, relax, and let's get on with the show. Oh yeah, what's going on ladies and gentlemen? This is Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and effective way to learn English. So download this podcast now and listen to us while you're regurgitating, eating at an all-you-can-eat buffet, cruising in your Lamborghini, or nervously twitching. I'm joined here today in the studio with Mr. Vocabulary himself, Ethan Wanger. What's up, Ethan? Not much, how you doing? Not too bad. And also, the other co-host, the man who has never had to rely on mistletoe, Justin Murray. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by mistletoe there? So mistletoe is a Christmas decoration in which if you are standing under it with a lady, if you're a man or vice versa, you have to supposedly kiss that person. But it's an old wives tale and you don't need it anyway. I don't, but Christmas is coming and it could be an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So we have an action-packed episode of Real Life Radio today. What are we talking about today, Mr. Vocabulary? Well, quick question for yourself. What does nervously twitching mean? To nervously twitch is when somebody kind of shakes some part of their body really quickly when they're nervous. So you might say that that's a type of body language? It would be a type of body language. It's and involuntary, right? It is involuntary, yes. And that's what we're talking all about today, right? Body language. That's right. Body language is going to be today's topic of discussion. But as you guys probably know, we have a lot more than just that on Real Life Radio. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So let's get into it and start off by massaging our egos with today's shout So, Justin. You got today's shout out for us, man? We have another ah, yeah, spelled right. Oh, common trend now. Seems like everyone knows. This is from Michael from Slovakia. Hi, I'm Michael from Slovakia. I just wanted to say that I really appreciate your podcast, and I think they're the most useful resources I've ever encountered to improve my English. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you do. Wow. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Powerful words. Thank you so much, Michael. Yeah, no, I just uh, didn't quite... Get it there, Justin. How did we get that feedback from Michael? What did he do in order for us to read out his shout-out on the podcast? can't remember. He got on iTunes, for which Ethan made a tutorial video for, and he gave us a five-star review. And why would it be beneficial for someone to give us a five-star review? I'm going to pass this off to Mr. Vocab here. <laughs> Mr. Vocab, no? I don't know if we're on that close of terms yet, Justin. <laughs> it's Mr. Vocabulary to you. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So, Mr. V? <laughs> um, what am I explaining again? The benefit of leaving us a five-star okay. review on, on iTunes, <laughs> or Stitcher for that matter. If you leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher, 
then we can help a lot of other English learners like you improve their English. How though, Mr. Vocabulary? <laughs> Because if you, <laughs> the better ratings we get in iTunes and Stitcher, I think, uh, the more people will see the Real Life English podcast. It starts to rank higher on iTunes. Therefore, like Mr. V said, more people will see our podcast. It only takes a minute or two, but the love that you're giving us is eternal. Yeah, it goes back into the quality of this podcast. Oh yeah. Enough dilly dallying. Let's move on to today's kick-ass quote. I'm kick-ass. Okay, this is a quote that has inspired me, and want to share it with you guys because it's really important for body language and just being authentic. Who you are speaks so loudly. I can't hear what you're saying. It's from one of my favorite philosophers, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Okay. Can you just repeat that kick-ass quote, Justin? Who you are speaks so loudly. I can't hear what you're saying. Oh, that's that's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do they mean by that? Well, sometimes you can say whatever you want, but if your body and your character are giving you a different message, you can't lie. You can't convince somebody else of who you're not. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're trying to convince someone of something and maybe you're nervously twitching. Mm-hmm. What would that suggest? That you're maybe nervous, maybe that you're even lying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that was some insightful information on today's kick-ass quote, and it's going to roll right into today's conversation topic. So, without further ado, let's jump in to today's topic, which is all about body language. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? So it's estimated that as much as 90% of communication takes place. In nonverbal elements, what do you guys think about that? Is that true? Ninety、um, percent is quite a lot. It's kind of hard to believe, but maybe close to that, I guess. Social scientists estimate it's between sixty and ninety percent. Okay, so just for our listeners, first of all, what what are you kind of getting at here? What does that what does that statistic really mean? That ninety percent of communication is nonverbal. Yeah, it's maybe it's your body language. It's how you present yourself to somebody else. Not With your words, but with your body, with maybe the way you dress too. I think a lot of it's subconscious as well. Like it's kind of you don't really notice how someone's body language is affecting you until maybe you start to pay attention to everyone's body language, and then you realize that it actually does have a big effect on you.、Mm-hmm. And this might even include like facial expressions as well. Yeah. So like maybe if someone is constantly smirking or、mm-hmm. scowling. Mr. V, what does smirking mean? <laughs> so, And why are you smirking right now? <laughs> I think I'm smiling. I'm not smirking. Okay. A smirk is kind of like a what, like a suggestive-looking little smile that looks like you're not quite sure what the person is thinking.、Mm, maybe a little cheeky grin. Yeah, that would be a very British way of saying it—a cheeky grin. Okay. What does cheeky mean? Cheeky means that it's maybe a little bit naughty. Like I think of maybe a little. Little kid, if he's talking back to his mom, he's being cheeky. He's、yeah. being a smartass. He's being a smartass. We say that more in English, I think.、Mm-hmm. American English. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so a smirk is kind of like a playful smartass or cheeky grin. Yeah, a grin is just a, a small smile. Yeah. Not the full-blown teethy smile. <laughs> so you have your smile. You have your grin. What other facial expressions do we have that can communicate? 
Well, maybe if somebody is unhappy, they might be frowning mm -hmm. to mm. frown. What generally happens to someone's face when they're frowning? They pout. They turn their lips upside down. Yeah, turn that smile upside down. No, turn, it's turn that, that frown, frown upside down. <laughs> so we want to explain that expression to turn the frown upside down. It's a nice little rhyme that we use in English a lot. Well, when somebody is sad, you want to make them feel better, right? So mm -hmm. you say, hey, why are you so sad? Turn that frown upside down. Yeah, and a frown would just be when your, your mouth kind of points downwards. It's like the opposite of a smile. Yeah. And so upside down is, is like the opposite way, right? Yeah. And so it means to flip it. But if I was really pissed off and you know angry and someone said, hey, turn that frown upside down, I'd probably just get even more pissed off. It's not that skillful. <laughs> it's cheesy. It's cheesy. cheesy. What do you mean by cheesy? I've mentioned this many times. Cheesy is just a bad taste. It's not really funny. Maybe in that case, not a very appropriate thing to say to someone who's very angry. Mm -hmm. It's just like overly, maybe sentimental. Sure, like the Ned Flanders of The Simpsons is a very cheesy <laughs> character. Anyone out there who's a Simpsons fan, think of Ned Flanders and that's a cheesy character. So you might also have like a wink. A wink, okay. What do you use a wink for? A wink could be, again, maybe suggestive. You're, maybe, you're su maybe it's a secret and only you and that person know about it. Or maybe to someone of the opposite sex, if you're kind of interested in them, you might wink at them. How do you wink? You just close one eye mm -hmm. very quickly. In a skillful way. Yeah. You might also like raise your eyebrows if you're trying to suggest something. Okay, yeah. That is also very suggestive to raise your eyebrows. So what does that usually suggest if someone's... Raising their eyebrows at you. <laughs> well, it looks really creepy <laughs> when you do that to me right now. Um, so in that case, it means that you're being kind of creepy. <laughs> but on a general sense, again, probably just raising their awareness to whatever it is you and that person know about. It's like an unspoken way to communicate to that person. Maybe it's a secret. Maybe it's being suggestive. Maybe you're flirting with that person. Mm-hmm. I'm not flirting with you. You're not? Okay, no. good to know. You can also nod in agreement, right? <laughs> to nod in agreement. Okay. It means to move your head forward, up and down. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are all kind of facial expressions. There's a lot of other body language which can be, I guess, very subconscious. And I think it happens to everyone. For example, if I am to scratch my head, what does that usually represent? So it means that you're confused, right? Kind of means like confusion, right? If you're scratching your head, maybe you're kind of like thinking as well. Yeah. But maybe a little bit stressed out. Well, I don't know if it's thinking. I think someone's scratching their head, it's like they have no idea. They're not thinking. Okay. If someone's thinking, they're kind of like maybe have like resting their chin on their hand. <laughs> or like maybe, rubbing their chin. But maybe they're wondering too when they scratch their head. Maybe they're like, huh? Hmm. Well, there's that famous statue of the thinker and he's actually sitting with his... With his chin, chin on his fist. On his fist. But that's yeah. intense thinking, but I would say scratching your head sometimes is just like, just being curious. Yeah. Too. I think we, we have a common friend who usually scratches another part of his anatomy when he's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The <Just> Brazilian gringo. <laughs> so that's uh, scratching the head, maybe like rubbing your chin. What about to shrug your shoulders? To shrug your shoulders is maybe to like move them up and maybe helplessness. Maybe you don't know something. And people might even exaggerate this even more by like putting both hands up, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Exactly. So this is actually connected <laughs> speech too. It's not, goes from I don't know to I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't even really pronounce it as they make that noise. I don't know. <laughs> and this is really popularized by Homer Simpson. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
What's that called when you don't fully pronounce your words in English, Mr. V? Mumbling. To mumble. Mumbling. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of cultures, they say that people eat their words. I know in Portuguese, at least, that's the expression they use for mumbling, right? Yeah. Chile, they eat their words a lot. We've all been experiencing that. We have. We so have. you can shrug your shoulders. And what about your back? What do you usually do with this? Um, sit up straight? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can sit up straight. I guess you could also... Good posture can say a lot. Like you can, maybe if someone has bad posture, it can kind of be impolite. Maybe it just transmits like a lack of confidence sometimes. Or even laziness maybe. Mm -hmm. Or entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the word for that would be to hunch over, to be hunched. Hunch your back. To hunch your back, that's the word for that, to hunch. A hunchback in Notre Dame? Notre Dame, we pronounce it. In Australia, really? Yeah, Notre Dame. That would be more authentic like like French yeah and also we can use that word hunch as like I have a hunch that Mr. Vocabulary is going to explain how to use the word hunch so you're just scratching your chin when you're thinking that I was so it's like you have a hunch means that you have an idea about mm -hmm. something it's almost like an intuitive guess mm -hmm. right I guess it has no relation to like the hunchback there right no it's kind maybe of more it, like Sherlock Holmes maybe it has something mm -hmm. to do with the with the thinker hunched over with his with his um Oh. Knuckle on his chin. Maybe. Right? You're quite Maybe. the philosopher over there. It's true, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about any other body language you can think of? Probably like crossing your arms. Yeah. Many people say that that is a sign of someone who's kind of closed. Or bored. Bored, maybe, sure. Or cold. Cold. <laughs> or your, cold, yeah. Your mom kind of just like stands with her arms crossed when she's angry at you when you're a little kid. Mm -hmm. Oh, she also often like taps her foot mm -hmm. really quickly. Yeah, what does that mean? It's like when you're waiting for someone, sometimes you tap your foot, especially if you're waiting impatiently and you're maybe even a little bit irked at that person. Mm -hmm. Irked? Like you're... It just pulls them out one after another. <laughs> you're angry. Irked. Sure, I guess even we've mentioned this in pet peeves before, like tapping your fingers. Is that your pet peeve or Justin's? I think it was both of ours, and we're referring to that same person who used to put their hands in other places. Uh -huh. I think he was on our <laughs> I think he was on our show about a year ago roughly, Christmas episode. Possibly. I think we sang along. Don't want to mention any names though. <laughs> you can also flex your muscles. Yeah, you do that a lot. Especially yeah. when there's a cute girl in the room. Is that is that body language though? Is that just <laughs> something that people why would you do that as body language? Is that some something that's normal for people to do? People just showing off. Or sometimes people tense up. That's more unconscious body language. Okay. What do you mean by tense up? Tense up is like you kind of tighten your muscles, but unconsciously. Mm -hmm. You get like, maybe you get more closed. Okay. Tense up. This is stress enters, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that I guess is a common thing for people, possibly our listeners, when they are speaking English yeah. in person to people, they probably tense up because they're nervous. They might bite their lip. Bite their lip. Okay. Chew on their nails. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are other signs of nervousness. Bite their nails. So how might you become more conscious of your body language and kind of create more naturally better body language so that you're not showing a lot of nervousness or closeness, Justin? Well, there's actually, there's a TED Talk that's really good about this. And I wrote an article about it based upon this TED Talk, but it talks about the power of good body language and how it affects your hormones, actually. So basically what they talk about is having open postures, which communicates uh, control, even power, whereas closed, hunched over postures 
communicates uh, fear and it actually increases your cortisol, which is the hormone of, of stress. Whereas open and upright postures uh, increase your testosterone. So it can convey dominance and lack thereof. Or so, weakness too. So how could you go about improving this? Uh, well, I think just being more conscious of it in general. I think a lot of people do this unconsciously. They don't really pay much attention to their body language. I mean, right now I'm kind of hunched over a little bit, probably because of the chair I'm sitting on. It's a stool. It is a stool, yeah. No back support. There is no back support. Another thing I recommend is just paying attention to the people around you and how, that, how you perceive them based upon that because you have an unconscious interpretation of other people based upon their body language. Mm-hmm. And so if you just notice that in other people, you're going to be like, hey, that person's hunched over. They don't seem that confident. So I probably look the same way when I'm <laughs> hunched over. Or paying attention to people's nervous tics. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can kind of gauge a lot about a person's emotional state if you pay attention to this even if they don't really show it. Mm-hmm. So one actual ritual that we usually have when, before the podcast, we put our arms up in the air. Like we just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and why do we do that? Because according to the study, and there's a, a TED Talk by Amy Cuddy, that it actually changes your, your hormones. It increases, if you do it for two minutes, it increases your testosterone about 20% and it reduces your cortisol about 20%, so you actually feel better. And they recommend doing this before situations in which you're being evaluated. For example, maybe a presentation, like we talked about before. Mm -hmm. Job interview? Job interview, yeah. They're assessing you, they're evaluating you, and that's gonna be kind of scary. Maybe before a real-life English party. Yeah. You're nervous about speaking English. Yeah, or maybe just before even meeting up with someone and talking to them in English, if that's something that you find to be a little bit kind of scary, or you get a little bit nervous about it. Or maybe a pretty girl or nice looking guy. Sure. Whatever it is (laughs) you desire to do more confidently, try putting your hands up in the air for two minutes before doing that. And you just won't care. We won't care. It's like when we're before the podcast and someone walks past and what the hell is guys just sitting there with their hands in the air? (laughs) They look like idiots. Yeah, actually in that presentation that I gave for Real Life English... Last week, I went in the bathroom before to put my arms up in the air, in the front of the mirror, and a guy came out and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> but apparently I missed my presentation. <laughs> well, you missed the, uh, the intro, luckily we, we stalled them for you a little bit. What does stall mean? To stall is to keep them waiting, but kind of occupied at the same time, so they kind of forget that he's late. Maybe an expression too for this is buy some time. Buy some time. Did you, did you tell them that I was in the bathroom with putting my arms up in the air? Like, I just don't care? We said that you were vomiting because you were really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So that was today's conversation topic all about body language. We hope you guys learned a lot. And ultimately, ultimately, this can help your English in many ways because, like Justin said at the start of this conversation topic, that 90% of communication is nonverbal. So maybe you can just forget about English and just communicate with your body for the rest of your life. Yeah, <laughs> I think if you, have good, if you have good posture, it's going to help all the rest of your communication. Yeah. People are going to feel just much more comfortable with you, and you can really shine in who you really are. Yeah, I do definitely agree with that. It is funny when you meet someone with bad kind of body language, and you feel a little bit resistant to maybe connect with that person straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. So true. So just pay attention to your body language, guys, and the rest is going to be much easier. Oh, yeah, so let's move on to today's question 
Okie dokie, so today's question, I believe, is a common mistake a lot of people make, or an error that people usually make with these two words, and that is the difference between stuff and things. And I guess just generally how to use this word stuff, because it's a very common word, many people make a mistake with it. Yeah, this actually came from last week's power lesson, and Max actually did a great job of making a little lesson inside the power lesson about this, and I was really impressed. And I thought you guys might enjoy it too, because you wrote the article about shit, and you always use the word shit, Ethan. Wait, wait, shit? I thought we were doing stuff. Well, it's the same thing. It's shit, stuff, and things. But okay. it's not quite the same thing. Maybe it's not. Tell us more, question master Justin. <laughs> so stuff is usually non-countable, right? When it's used as a noun, what if it's used as a verb, like to stuff your face? True, true. That's a different use of it, though. Sure. I was just trying to be a smart ass. <laughs> cheeky you. <laughs> Sounds funny you saying the word cheeky. <laughs> cheeky bastard? Yeah. So you have a lot of stuff here. I gotta grab my stuff mm. before I go. Well, if you grab your stuff, could you grab your stuffs if there's more than one? No, you can't. Why can't I do that? Because stuff is not countable. Okay. But things are. Okay. So in that case, what does stuff actually refer to? It's just things in general, right? You can call anything stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you call activity stuff? Can I say, I'm going to go do some stuff? Yep. Yeah, so it's not always an object. It can often, of, it can often also be maybe a situation. Oh, I've got some stuff to do. It's more like some tasks, right, in this case? So let's go back and... Ethan, why don't you analyze this through the lens of shit? Um, so shit you can use as a substitution for stuff, but it's much more vulgar. You only want to use this really if you're around friends, or in my case in another country where no one understands the shit I say anyway. Yeah, it's more colloquially. I wouldn't say vulgar because vulgar depends on the person listening to it, right? So, so it's not bad if you're amongst friends, right? It's classified as a swear word. You know, people would say it's a bad word, it's a swear word, but it's one of those words that nowadays is nowhere near as strong as it probably used to be, uh -huh. at least when I was a kid, maybe it's because I was a kid, but... So, shit would also be uncountable, basically a substitute for stuff, so I have some in, shit to do. In this case, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't say, like, I have some shits to do. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really strange. <laughs> because it maybe sounds like... You're going to go to the toilet. You're going to go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, you mentioned something else? And don't say, I have some shits to take. Okay, but, but how else did you use the word shit in this case, similar to stuff? Well, if I might be upset, for example, Ethan leaves his shit out, I might have to be like, hey, clean your shit up. Okay, again, referencing objects, nothing to do with going to the bathroom. <laughs> Right? And take I your hope. shit would also mean just take your things, your not things. actually go to the bathroom. Awesome. Well, I think that's pretty much clarified it. The difference between things, stuff, shit. One little extra piece of information I'm going to give you guys is another cool word, which I know a lot of learners like to hear this one, is when you call one object a whatchamacallit. Oh. You guys use that word? Mm-hmm. It's like when you don't know the name of it. You say, hey, can you pass me that, uh, whatchamacallit? Yeah. You say a lot, too, for that thing. 
like that thing if it's singular. And there's something that we use too, like referring to people. If you forget their name, you could say what's his face or what's her face. Yeah, exactly. What's his face or what's her face? We say often in connected speech, what's his, what's his, yeah. what's his. And maybe that's less polite than saying what's his name or what's her name. It sounds like you're not really, yeah, yeah doesn't sound polite at all. What you call it as well, it's connected speech. And it's a candy bar. It is. It's good. Okay. Did not know about the candy bar. Only knew about the connected speech. Cue, cue the picture of Max. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you are a member of the Fulton Circle, check it out on the Power Lesson. You'll see, I guess, a picture of this whatchamacallit. Mm-hmm. What's it called? It's called the whatchamacallit. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. So that is today's question. Remember, if you guys have any specific questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast, you can send that question to our personal emails or any other question or any feedback you have about the podcast. My email is chad at reallifeglobal.com. Ethan at reallifeglobal.com. And Justin at, what was it again? I think it's reallifeglobal.com. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you were just winking at me. Who was winking? You. I was. Yeah. I was flirting. Okay. Yeah. Flirting. <laughs> uh, okay. This is getting strange. So <laughs> let's move on to, again, for those of you who missed last week, this is a new segment of the show, and that is the Real Life Radio Weekly Challenge. Can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah! <laughs> Challenge accepted. All right, so I believe that maybe somebody wrote an article about this, something to do with body language, and I think today's weekly challenge was going to be to check out that article and more specifically watch the video linked in that article. TED Talk. Which was a TED Talk. Take over, Justin, because you have more information about today's weekly challenge. Yeah, so basically just have a look at the article, watch the TED Talk, and pay attention to your body language this week. Try out some power poses, maybe. Try out some power poses. So what you do is you put your arms up in the air, up high, like champion pose, and you do it for two minutes. Every morning, just see how you feel. It's gonna change your your hormones, you're just gonna feel better, and you're gonna be more confident. It changes your hormones? Mm-hmm. Okay. Were you not listening before? Sounds like I wasn't, no. <laughs> and the, the TED Talk actually by Amy Cuddy, this is one of the most popular TED Talks out there, but she talks about this, she breaks it down, she's a social scientist, and they took saliva samples of different students at universities she was working at and they also did like job interviews Mm -hmm. with people who did the power poses and people who didn't and then they showed the interviews the videos to to job interviewers from companies and they didn't tell them who was who and the people who did the power poses got selected for all the jobs oh wow there's a lot more of these power poses and a lot more you can learn in that video yeah so definitely check it out So yeah, that's it. It's all about body language, power poses, and the real challenge for this week is not just to read the article and watch Amy Cuddy's awesome video. We want you guys to be more interactive with us. We want to hear how your English is evolving and how probably these power poses might be affecting your English. So we want you to send us a picture of you doing a power pose and just telling us about how this has affected your week. Have you been feeling more confident with the power poses? Are you getting much benefit from this? We want to find out. And again, you can send it to our personal emails. It's chad at reallifeglobal.com. 
Ethan at realifeglobal.com. And what was yours again? Justin at realifeglobal.com. Okay, we want to hear about it, guys. And like we said, any other feedback, suggestions, maybe you just want to say hi, we're open to that too, right? Love to hear hi. <laughs> sure. So, thanks a lot for joining us today, guys. It's been a pleasure, like always. And we're going to play you out with a very relevant song by David Guetta. And it's called, what exactly, Justin? Raise your hands. Why is this so relevant to today's episode of Real Life Radio? Because it's what we want you to do. Yeah, to help your confidence, to start speaking English much more fluently by putting your hands up in the air. And how do you put your hands up in the air? Like you just don't care. Oh yeah. All right, guys. Like always, you'll be hearing from us next week on Real Life Radio.